We've been talking about detoxing and about changing our lives. And the last couple of weeks we've been talking about detoxing from the spirit of the age. How many recognize that in the world we live in, uh, it's easy to get toxic, isn't it? I mean, a few hours in front of a TV set, hanging around, uh, you know, ordinary people. You can, you know, uh, I, was, I, was, I was working on a car last night with my friend, Brother John. And in Natchez, you know, they don't have like a garage. You're actually in the grass working. So I've never been there where I didn't come home just covered with dirt. I, I, went, I go there clean and then I come home covered with dirt. And it is like that in life. That you just leave feeling pretty good, leave church feeling good about yourself, feeling good about your life, feeling good about the direction of your life. And without even intending to, to get in a mess, you just feel, you know, funky-like. And that's what it is. That it's a contaminating environment that we live in because the age that we're living in has a spirit. The Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By causing a different way of thinking, rather than being conformed, you're going to be transformed. Now, that word in the Greek, that's in the book of Romans, it, it says, do not be pressed into the mold. The word conform is like when you make cook, uh, sugar cookies and you have a Christmas tree and you just take that dough and you pressure it into looking a certain way. The Bible says that's the nature of the spirit of the age. It forces you to think a certain way about abortion, a certain way about immorality, a certain way about marriage. It's constant pressure, uh, especially going to university campuses. There's constant pressure to think a certain way in order to be accepted. And it is contaminating because it's conforming it. It's saying that it's, it's teaching you to be uh, a certain way and think a certain way but the bible says don't be conformed but be transformed and that word is the word where we get metamorphosis from like the hulk went through a startling metamorphosis but it is like a, 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 a caterpillar is a good uh, illustration it's it's like uh he's just a you know a little worm with crawling along and then one day he goes through the change where he gets in a cocoon and he's like this is not easy but then suddenly he bursts forth with colors and he can fly. And the Bible says that's what the difference in being contaminated by the world and transformed by the word is just like that. Either you're just like everybody else, you're an average ordinary person who thinks the same way, agrees with everybody secretly even. Or you let the word of God transform you by your thinking being transformed. And in a world where everybody's crawling around like worms, you get to fly like a butterfly. You get to be a miracle in the middle of a contaminated world. So we were talking about these four uh, steps to decontaminating from the spirit of the age. Four steps to restoring what we call the fear of the Lord. Because the, the spirit of the age is always about um, disrespect. Disrespect in the way you speak. Disrespect in the way you treat people. Although it, speak, it, it speaks as if it respects everybody, but movies, more and more disrespectful. The language, the behavior, more disrespectful toward parents and toward marriage and toward the things that we hold dear. The fear of the Lord is the restoring of the line. 
And we talked about when you, when, when you end up kind of giving in to the spirit of the age, you start do, thinking like they think and doing like they think. And what happens is it, it, there's a line there that's called the fear of the Lord. And when you cross it, it's like a chalk line because the more you cross it, it disappears. And suddenly you can just about do anything. You don't even feel bad about it. And even though you try to get back over here and say, I shouldn't be doing that, you find yourself slipping right back across because the line has been erased. That's the line is called the fear of the Lord. And when you are not contaminated, you have the healthy fear of the Lord. The healthy fear of the Lord is something simple. It's just like, I don't do that. I don't even think about that. Now, how did I get out of a life of all kinds of stuff that I used to be involved in? I gave my life to Christ. Then I said, I'm done with that. And the fear of the Lord, once I gave my life to Christ, I had this in me like, you know, I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. And, and so I began to avoid the things that made me tempted. I, I got away from the friends who wanted to get loaded all the time. At first, I tried to win them to the Lord. If I couldn't, I was like, sorry, dude, I'm out. I mean, I'd set up a, you know, a dinner at the house, and I would tell them what God did in my life. And if they accepted the Lord, I'd be awesome. If not, I was like, that's it for us because I made my decision to follow Jesus, and I'm not going to live both. I, I now have something in my life called the fear of the Lord, and I love what God thinks more than what you think. And it is that, it's, it's almost, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's almost, it's mysterious, the fear of the Lord, because some people have it and some people don't. Some people, they just say anything, just do anything, doesn't even bother them. Just say it. They just say it. <laughs> I mean, like some people say, look, they'll tell their kids as they're leaving, don't drive that, you'll get killed driving like that. Me, I hear that, I go like, easy, trigger. Why did you speak that way? It's because you don't have the fear of the Lord. You don't know the power of life and death is in your tongue. Don't tell your kids they're going to get killed when they leave the house. But when you don't fear the Lord, you just say any old thing. Speak it over your kids, over your life. I'll tell you what's going to happen. He's going to end up, blah, blah. You just, this is just the, the, the nature of the age is to speak anything, say anything, do anything, and don't restrict anything. Well, the fear of the Lord is not like you're scared of God or some kind of fear of, of, of the law. But the fear of the Lord is something good that says, I don't want that anymore. It's not I'm afraid to do it or I think that God won't forgive me. I just don't want it. The fear of the Lord is when you get that back here in life, you're like, I, I could do it. I did it. But thank God it's out of my system. I don't want that anymore. And I look back, I can't even believe I did that. You know, a good illustration, when you think of Adam and Eve, uh, God puts it in terms of food because there was, there was fruit on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and there was fruit on the tree of life. The tree of life was called, uh, it, was in, it, it was in the garden, and it was, we, we call it the tree of life, but it, it means the tree of simple obedience. Just do what God says. Don't have to learn it the hard way. How many of some people are so dumb they have to learn everything the hard way? Come on, somebody. Some people just learn it the hard way over and over again. They never do learn it. Because they still keep, well, they want to maintain the experience of control. But the tree that God said, eat from this tree, he said, eat from this tree because just do what I tell you to do and you'll be all right. How many parents wish your kids would just do what you tell them to do? Come on, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Just do what I'm telling you. And, and you, they look at you, that, and they got that trouble in their eye when they look at you like they got that little flash of like, I'll do anything I want. And you know that look because you used to have that look. 
That look is not the fear of the Lord. That look is the, is the sin of Adam in that little face. And you said, I told you not to touch that fire. And they look like, oh, really? Wait till you go away. I know exactly where I'm going. And they got that program. And so, you know, they, they, they have that disrespect to say, I want to experience that for myself. I want to choose that for myself. I don't need you to tell me what's going to happen. So instead of eating from the tree of just do what you're told, Adam and Eve, there was another tree in the garden that was the knowledge. It didn't say it was the tree of evil. It was the knowledge of good and evil. Like, I want to find out for myself. It doesn't seem like death. It seems like wisdom. Matter of fact, as you remember, the, the, the snake whispered to them and said, God knows you ain't going to die if you eat that. See, that's how worldly people think. There ain't going to be no consequences. God just told you he's trying to scare you. He, just, he knows that if you eat that, you'll be wise like him, knowing good from evil. And you're like, God is a ripoff. God's trying to mess with me. God told me something wasn't true. I'm going to go find out for myself. And in essence, it's always the same thing. Instead of just doing what you're told, you got to go find out. And what's even sadder about the sin condition is even when you find out, you get all cocky about it. Like, so now that I know, I kind of like it. Okay, I repent. Nope, I don't. I repent. Nope, I don't. Because you haven't decided where you're going to eat from. It's very much, I like that God puts it in food terminology. Because how many of you know in Louisiana we got some good food? And, and, and if someone told you, don't eat from the tree of gumbo, but eat from the salad bar, <laughs> you'd be like, listen, given the choice, I've already experienced salad bar. It's good and all that. But when I'm eating gumbo, I don't want salad. Come on, somebody. I lose all taste. I lose all the taste I ever had for any salad. Would you like some salad with that gumbo? No. Would you like some grilled chicken? No. Matter of fact, would you like some fruit for dessert? No. Do you have anything that's got fat and that will kill you? Because that's the mood I'm in. I'm eating gumbo. I'm getting an extra scoop of rice. I'm going to have a big chunk of buttery bread with it. And I found out that you told me this was bad for me, but it feels good. And so the idea that God put it in food terms so we would understand if you're eating from the good, you don't want to taste the bad. But when you're eating from the bad, you don't want to taste the good. You think you know because you're experienced. You don't remember. Now, over here, if you ever get on one of those programs where you break the stronghold of grease and fat, if you ever get over here, you'll say, I can't believe I used to eat that trash. And somebody will hand you a quarter pounder. You're like, that is the devil. You'll see like a 666 appearing on the, on the thumb. <laughs> you finally see it for what it really is, but it used to be your best friend. But when you, you have to be eating over here for you to hate a quarter pounder. you got to be eating over here. you got to be eating all the good things. You're like, why did I ever even think that was good? Now you're eating fruit. And you're like, look at those crazy people. Eating cheesecake, what's wrong with them? That's so sweet. You know, if you ever get off of sugar, you can't even drink a Coke. Like, it's the sweetest thing. How do people even drink Coke? And they're over here, like, with an extra gulp, gulping it, <laughs> filling it up again. And you're like, they're crazy. They're addicted. But you got to be over here to understand it. Because you can't both have the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of good and evil at the same time. You're going to have to be uh, one or the other. 
And in life, you have to choose, I'm just going to obey God, or I'm going to be over here, I'm going to play somewhere in between. Well, these guys in between never accomplish anything for God. They never do anything with significance with their entire life because they can't make their mind up because, they're in fact, they're stuck over here. They want to experience it for themselves. So the fear of the Lord is the freedom from that. And it is not going to come to you as an accident. It comes to you as deliberate choice, I choose. I choose. Grace is the freedom to choose. Grace is not the freedom to live over here and call it the Holy Spirit life. Grace is the freedom to say, I have a choice. I could live like that. I could do like that. But I made my decision. I want the purpose of God in my life. I don't want to be conflicted. I don't want to be contaminated. I've determined I'm living over here and I'm staying far from over there. Are you with me? Now, we looked at the four steps. We talked about number one, repent and disconnect from the source of the contamination. Repenting is disconnecting. It means to rethink it. It means get out of that, get away from that, whatever it is. I don't care if you have to throw the TV away, throw the cell phone away. If your right hand offends you, cut it off, get radical, get disconnected. I don't care if it's a person or a thing or a game or a drug. you got to disconnect. And anything that tells you, well, just do a little bit, that's staying connected. Well, I'll just handle it. You won't handle it this time. You'll do the same thing you did a thousand times before. You'll be right back where you were. Duh. Don't you wish you just had a voice in your, in your head saying, duh. Like, hey. But, but, but sin has this nature of helping you deceive yourself like it's going to be different this time. That this time you're going to handle it. This time you're going to manage it. And then once again... It's, it's got you in that crazy, contaminated way of thinking, I'll just do what I want and pretend like I love God. See, it's a contaminated thinking. So repent and disconnect. Number two, connect to God's word in a deep and consistent way. In other words, here's another 911, Psalm 119, 911. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I've sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You have to connect. Instead of just going to church, instead of just reading the Bible every now and then, you got to vitally connect to the word of God, and it has to become a source for your life. There's no substitute because God's thoughts change worldly thoughts. You can't spend eight hours in front of a TV set and 15 minutes in front of the Bible and expect not to be contaminated. The, the math just doesn't add up. you got to disconnect and then you've got to reconnect. Like I'm going to have God's word washing my mind because I'm going to be a butterfly one day. I'm not going to crawl around here with everybody else saying it's impossible to fly. I'm going to go through the transformation and I'm going to be a butterfly. It is possible. I'm going to do it. Now, here's a note. God will never make you be great. God will never make you do something awesome. You've got to make the decision. Grace gave you the choice to say, I choose to serve God. I choose the fear of the Lord in my life. Number three, allow the fear of the Lord to protect you. Proverbs 16, 6, by mercy and loving kindness and truth, wickedness is cleansed from the heart. Now, listen. The Bible says the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The rules, they don't help you change. 
That was the Old Testament. But the Bible says grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Grace means I'll give you another shot. I'm going to help you. But some people are so full of grace they have no room for truth. Some people are so full of truth they have no room for grace. But Jesus was full of grace and truth. That you only change by understanding I have grace so I can live in the truth. You can't take grace and partner it with a lie and lie about the things that you're doing like it really doesn't matter. It does matter. It does. The wages of sin is always death. I don't care if you're a Christian or if you're a bum on the street. It's always the same. Sin always has the same payday control. It doesn't change, but grace cuts you loose to start walking in the truth again. By mercy and truth and loving kindness and, excuse me, by mercy and loving kindness and truth, wickedness is cleansed from the heart. Listen, and by the fear of the Lord, one avoids evil. Say that with me. By the fear of the Lord, one avoids evil. Now, I'm going to finish this week on the whole detox thing. Here we go. Are you ready? I say that, then next time you preach, I'll be like detoxing from something else. Okay. Who knows? Number four, treasure the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 22, 4 says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. The fear of the Lord is not a bummer. The, the fear of the Lord, having that back, is a treasure for your life. And it brings treasure to your life. Don't act like it's like some kind of a square, you know, thing. Some kind of a corny, nerdy thing to have the fear of the Lord. It's the coolest thing. It's the richest thing to have that restored to say, I don't do that anymore. You know, if you're trying to quit smoking, you don't look, go to the counter and just start looking at all the packs of cigarettes like, oh, <laughs> like all you are is a, a person who wants to quit, but your heart's still over there. But if you want to, if you have the fear of the Lord, you get your stuff, you don't even look at those cigarettes. You don't even get close to it because the fear of the Lord keeps you from that. Now, are you with me? The issue with most people is not that they have never been set free, but that they drift back into the same old thought patterns and slowly return back to their old lives. Now, I want you to digest that. It's not that, you see, some of you, they go to an encounter, you even come to church, and you leave here free, and you're like, I'm not doing, I'm good. I'm, and then, then you slowly say, but I could just do a little bit probably. And then you start inching closer, and pretty soon, see, the enemy wants to teach you that you can't be free because of your patterns of thinking. You got to, repenting means stop thinking that you can get close to something and not fall into it. This is a harsh scripture, but, you, but it says this. It's in, in Proverbs. It says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats their folly. You know, every time I think about this, I think about growing up in Springfield because I had dogs all the time. A dog will actually throw up and then look at it and say, that don't look too bad. And, and you know, everything in you is like, no. As he goes down to slop up, eat what he just, and you know. Y'all know, y'all know what I'm talking about. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you're trying to tell the dog, don't eat that. But you know you're not going to grab it and you can't stop it because it got his mind like, I threw it up, but it ain't all that bad. I mean, that's some good meat in there. 
<laughs> I know, but the Bible says that's what it's like when you get rid of something on Sunday morning and Tuesday, you're doing it again. You threw it up and you looked at it like, that ain't half bad. There's some good meat in there. I mean, vomit is vomit. That's the quote of the day. Put it on Facebook. <laughs> I mean, but see how crazy people are? They start looking at the thing they just got rid of. It's like, you know, it ain't all that bad. The Bible says a fool, a fool gets rid of it and then takes it right back. Stay, the spirit of this age is described by the Bible as a woman seducing people. Not that women are bad, but it's, it's like women are very beautiful and they're very attractive. And so the Bible uses this to describe the spirit of the age. And it says, stay far from her house. Say with me, say the power of proximity. See, the fear of the Lord is the power of proximity. It means don't even go there. If you say, I'm going to go there, you don't have the fear of God. Or you don't respect the fear of God. Or you're not treasuring the fear of God. If you go there, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to eat the cookies. I'm just going to smell them. I'm, gonna have, I'm making cookies tonight for the kids. Oh, you know what you're going to do already. Oh, the kids, they want, oh, is it the kids that want the cookies? I think it might be you and you just going back to your vomit again. Come on, somebody. <laughs> right? Oh, it's the kids. Okay, right. But by the time your 20th cookie goes down your mouth, you realize, okay, it was me again teasing myself like I was going to be thin. Proverbs 7, verse 6 I love this because it's a perfect picture of Christians that don't make their mind up and they don't know if they like freedom or they, know, they don't know if they like bondage better. They don't know if they like the tree of life or if they like the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They, try, they think they're in the middle, but they keep going by her house and they know where it's going to bring them. This is like old school preaching, but it's good for you. 7 verse 6 says, for at the window of my house, I looked through the lattice and saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths, a young man devoid of understanding, passing along the street near her house. I ain't going to go there. I just want to go close to it. You know, I ain't going to do it. I ain't, you know, I ain't going to do that, but I just want to go close. I mean, it doesn't, I ain't saying I'm going to go to a house. I just want to go close to it. I just want to look, you know, I just want to see, but I ain't going to do it. You, know, I ain't, you don't have the fear of the Lord. You wouldn't even be in that neighborhood. You'd have turned some worship on if you had the fear of the Lord, but oh no. And he took the path to her house. He took the path, he got close in the vicinity, and then he said, well, you know, it ain't going to hurt if I just, you know, just go by. I mean, I'm just going to have one drink, you know. I'm just going to hang out with some friends, you know. And probably ain't nothing going to happen. The guy says, you know, my old girlfriend called. I'm just going to have coffee, and I ain't going to tell my wife because I don't want her to feel this. You don't want to hurt your head. You tell your wife, you didn't tell your wife because you know she's going she's gonna to put it into that coffee with the ex. Well, I ain't going to do anything. We just going to talk. Oh, you ain't going to do anything. 
you just trying to do it and pretend like you didn't mean to do it. But we knew the minute that you set up the coffee, it's just going to be coffee. We already know what you wanted to do. But you just lost your mind for a second and you thought getting close is not the same as doing. So the fear of the Lord splits that in half where you say, it's not really me. I've just got caught up in it. He took the path to her house in the twilight in the evening, in the black and the dark night. In other words, it's when nobody's looking, that's when you get in trouble. It's when nobody's around, you got to live your life like somebody's there all the time. We're going to find out who you are in the dark. We're going to find out who you are when nobody's looking because that's the real you. And if you're willing to go by your house when nobody's looking, that's just who you are. And the only way to change it is to say, I don't care if it's in the dark or in the light. I don't go by her house. I don't care if people are looking or not looking. I have the fear of God. I don't even go down that street. I don't get to that area of town. I just don't do it because I made my mind up. I ain't going back to that lady. And to stay away from that lady, i got to stay away from her whole side of town. I don't get around there. I don't care what time of day it is. I'm staying free, and I'm staying away from that house. And there a woman met him, this is temptation, with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. Now listen. You say, well, that's just the Bible. Oh, the Bible knew Facebook and Instagram before it was created. Here you are innocently just looking through your friends and suddenly a half-naked woman shows up. Or a half-naked woman shows up wanting to be your friend. Oh, he went there. I did go there. Because you don't want, and, and, and then you, you check and say, well, it, it won't hurt to just look at the, uh, you know, who is that wearing their bra? Who is that? Listen, if you see somebody in a bra, don't click. Because no good person wants to be your friend wearing a bra. And that's all. I mean, every, she's wearing a bra, but that's all what she's wearing. All she's wearing you don't want to click that because you already know you want to just take a little trip by her house. A trip by her house means at least a week or a day or a month. It means that you've already scheduled an appointment at her house the minute that you are by her house. She's got a crafty heart. She's loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. At times she was outside, at times in the open square, lurking at every corner. They already learned how to, how to catch fish. The whole media already learned how they know how you tick. They know just what to put in front of you to get you to be a fool and to go down that same path again. Now listen, Adam and Eve got close enough to hear the whisper of a snake. So you hear the, 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 you hear the story of Adam and Eve and you think, well, you know, that was a doggone shame. It was a doggone shame. God told them not to eat from that tree, but they got close enough to that tree to hear the whisper of a snake. You know, you got to get close to a snake to hear him go, psst. You can't be, you know, 100 yards away at your other tree where you were supposed to be. If you were at the tree where you were supposed to be, you would never heard that. Psst, psst, come over here. Psst, come on. Look, you can't hear him if you got the power of proximity. The fear of the Lord is the power of proximity. You just stay away. 
The enemy calls you, you a nerd. You need to at least come over here and look. Look, I'm staying over here. Call me what you want. I'm treasuring the fear of the Lord in my life. I understand this is where success is. I'm going to stay far from that house. But he got close enough. Adam and Eve got close enough where he said, and they began to talk them into something that was going to be devastating for everybody. They got close enough to hear the whisper of the snake. The fear of the Lord keeps your curiosity in check and keeps you far from her house. Proverbs 7, 21, keep reading. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. You don't eat vomit unless you've been talked into it again. Enticing speech, come on, just one time, it ain't going to hurt. One time, it ain't going to hurt. Well, just... Just looking ain't going to hurt. Just thinking about it ain't going to hurt. Just think about it. You ain't going to do it, all right? With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately, he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. Till an arrow struck his liver. As a bird hastens to the snare. He did not know it would cost his life. Now therefore listen to me my children. This is the tree of life. Listen to me my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Just listen. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. And do not stray into her paths. In other words, don't even get close. The fear of the Lord says, you better stay, stay away from that. Well, everybody's going to the bar. Everybody's going to the club. You ain't going. Hey, man, let's go to the club. You know, it's Friday night. You know, we're celebrating. Come on, it's going to be good. Look, you're like, you know what? You go to the club. I, I'm going to go hang out with some of my other friends. You say, that's just harsh. No, it's free. That's what free sounds like. Well, if it was really a Christian, you could go to the club and it wouldn't even affect you. Bull. I'm calling bull. That's bull. You know it's bull. And the next time you wake up drunk after listening to that lie and you're shamed again and you're down again and you're making excuses for yourself once again, you remember that when they said it's cool if you come with us, that's when you'll know that was the trap. To just You don't have to do it. Just, just be around it. For she has cast down many wounded And all were slain by her were strong men. I should be strong enough. Let me me help you. You're never going to be strong enough for this tree over here. You start eating from that tree, you're just as weak as any man that ever lived. The only difference in you is you don't go there. The only difference you and the people that are are eating from that tree is that you say, I'm going to stay as close to this tree as I can. This is the cross. This is clear thinking. This is the fear of the Lord. I'm staying close. Remember that old hymn said, Jesus, keep me near the cross. I don't want to go near that. You say, look, even Superman knows not to go near kryptonite. Well, does that make him a sissy? No, he knows. And you need to understand, you need to know who you are. Oh, I should be. No, many a strong man. All that she cast down were strong men. 
For she has cast down many wounded, and all those that were slain by her were strong men. Her house is the way to hell. I like, that's the fear of the Lord right there. You can either accept it or don't accept it, but you can, that, see, you want to receive the fear of the Lord, receive that right there. Her house, that's the way to hell. Don't go close. That's where it's leading. Descending into the chambers of death. The fear of the Lord keeps you from wandering into the field of attraction. You know, in those space movies, there was a tractor beam. If you get close enough to that, that spaceship, they could, they could grab you and bring you in. Uh, there is a tractor beam around the ways of the world and the ways of the spirit of the age. If you get close, you ain't getting out. You lose control and you lose freedom. James 1, verse 13 but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. That is the fear of the Lord. This is the story of Adam and Eve and every human being ever. Curiosity brought proximity. Proximity brought temptation. Temptation brought failure. And failure brought death. Therefore, Proximity is death. To get close is to lose. Now, some of you, even your mind's like, uh, look, because some of you, this is the last holdout of the enemy saying, you know what? You, you, yes, Pastor Bray's right. Get rid of that. Stop doing those things. But it doesn't mean you can't just get close. Yes, it does. The fear of the Lord in your life says, you know what? I'm answering that text. In all of you, in certain areas of your life, you have had the fear of the Lord. And you know what it means to say, I ain't going there. Like if you don't want to eat the cookie, stay out the cookie shop. Stay away. You cannot have a hunger for the tree of life and a hunger for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil at the same time. You're going to have one or the other. You're either going to be hungry for the things of God and all that's good, and you're going to be hard after God, or you're going to be constantly slipping into the spirit of the age and being contaminated and making more and more excuses for the life that you live. Let me read you this scripture and we'll close. Because to me... It is the spirit of the age. And it's the picture of a, of a Christian without the fear of God. Because how many of you know that we are the bride of Christ? We are married to Jesus. Come on, wave your hand at me. Look, I'm telling you, God's for you. He's not against you. I'm telling you, God's not your critic. God is your, your coach. God's for you. He's going to help you, but you got to get real. And you got to make your mind up, I'm going to live the way he said I could live. Proverbs 30, 20 says, here is the deceptive way of the adulterous woman. Is anybody here married to Jesus? We are the bride of Christ. But here's the way of the adulterous woman. 
She takes what she wants, then says, I've done nothing wrong. In other words, a mind that has been corrupted and contaminated, you do whatever you want and you tell yourself, that really wasn't that bad. And when you don't know right, right from wrong, your mind has been contaminated. And the Holy Spirit wants to breathe in you today the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord brings riches and health and strength. The bondage of sin is characterized by a new way of thinking and a loss of conviction. It says you can do it all. You can have it all. No, you can't. Immorality is marked with self-justification and confusion. When you're in that world, when you're in that woman's house, you think you're in control, but you're not. You think you haven't lost anything, but you have. You lost your connection with the Holy Spirit. You lost your control. You lost your, your, your sense of right and wrong. And only the Lord can put that back in you and say, I don't want that anymore. I don't want that drug. I don't want that lifestyle. I don't want that. Listen, the ax has to be laid to the root of every unfruitful tree. You're not going to be able to control this tree. You're going to have to kill it. You can't just capture it. You have to destroy it. You can't come on Sundays and capture it. You have to make your mind up. You're becoming a violent person. You're going to live for God, and that means you're going to stay far from her house. The fear of the Lord is the line restored. The fear of the Lord is conviction restored. The fear of the Lord is respect for truth restored. The fear of the Lord is safety for your life and your success. The fear of the Lord is, is integrity restored. The fear of the Lord is a clear conscience. The fear of the Lord is divine purpose. The fear of the Lord is safety for your life and family. The fear of the Lord makes you the leader and not the follower. The fear of the Lord brings true freedom that lasts. The fear of the Lord makes you shine bright in a dark world. But today, you have to choose the fear of the Lord. What does it mean? I don't even go close to that anymore. Come on, stand up with me. We're going to pray. Come on, with your eyes closed, say, God loves me just the way I am. But he loves me too much to leave me that way. I'm being transformed from faith to faith, from glory to glory, and from victory to victory. Come on, just lift your hands. Because the cross was for you. The cross was to restore you back to freedom. Not just shame and struggle, but to step over, back over to the tree of life and say, this is where I live. Come on. And with your hands at the cross, lifted to Jesus, say, by the blood of Jesus, I have been delivered from all the power of the enemy. By the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. As I walk in the light, as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus is continually cleansing me from all sin. The blood of Jesus, and by the blood of Jesus, I've been justified 
And when he looks at me, it's just as if I'd never sinned. By the blood of Jesus, I've been sanctified and set apart to my divine purpose. Now with your hands lift, just receive the power of the blood of Jesus in your life. Because the blood of Jesus lays the axe to the root of every unfruitful tree. Now right this moment, because of the truth, you are free. Come on, say it with me. Say, I renounce the world, Satan, and all the power of darkness. I renounce sin, rebellion, and disobedience. I declare it's removed from my life by the blood of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. I repent. I change my mind. Sin is not my friend. Sin is not my comforter. Sin is not my helper. I reject the power of sin from my life. And I choose Jesus. I reject the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree that I want to experience it for myself. I reject that. That is not my life. That's a lie. I reject that lie. I repent of that lie in Jesus' name. And I say yes to the tree of life. From this moment on, I make my mind up. I'm just going to listen to what God says. I'm going to stay close to the truth and to freedom. I'm going to stay close in proximity to God's shelter for my life. And I make a holy decision. I have made a determination. I am free. To stay free, I receive the fear of the Lord. Nobody's going to force me to do right. I choose. I choose. To not go by her house. To not even crack the door. I declare I am free. I declare my freedom. It was purchased at the cross. And I receive it. And today, I declare my mind is clean. My body is free. My future is bright. I have a great purpose. I have a great calling. And I have determined to become that butterfly. I have determined to go to the transformation that only comes from God's word. And I have determined not to give the enemy the time of day. I have determined and I receive the fear of the Lord. Come on, lift your hands. Look, it's real. The fear of the Lord is real. It's real. Just say, I receive the fear of the Lord. I'm not going to say what I shouldn't say. I'm not going to go where I shouldn't go. I've determined I'm not going there. I will not be controlled. Because I am free.
I will never be in bondage again. I refuse to be like the fool that goes back to his old life. Like the dog that eats his own vomit. I refuse to live like a fool. And I step into the freedom of simple obedience. Come on, just with your hands lifted. Before we go today, I want you to see something in your mind. The very first drops of blood that Jesus shed was from his forehead. He was in the garden and he sweat. He was in between and the enemy was saying, why don't you just quit? And why don't you just give up? And why don't you just think about it? Why don't you just give in? And Jesus was feeling that weakness that was in him. And then he made this declaration. Not what I want, but what you want. And then great drops of blood came from his forehead and hit the ground. This is the blood that restores the fear of the Lord. Not what I want, but what you want. Can you say it with me? Say, I receive the blood from the brow of Jesus. I receive the blood of faithfulness. And I declare that the blood from the forehead of Jesus absorbs all sin, the nature of sin, the nature of rebellion, the nature to oppose myself. The blood of Jesus absorbs it from my body and from my mind. The blood of Jesus cancels. Come on, say it with me. The blood of Jesus cancels every charge against my life for the wrong things I've done. The blood of Jesus calls all the, all the charges against me dismissed. And I receive freedom. And the blood of Jesus replaces the nature of rebellious Adam with the nature of obedient Jesus. I receive the nature of Jesus. I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. I just receive it. I receive the nature of obedience. As I walk, I walk in simple obedience. Come on, can you just lift your hands to Jesus? Yes, Lord. Right now, the atmosphere of your house is changing. The atmosphere inside your head is changing. The darkness that had you tripped up, the, the seductive suggestions that were in your mind are removed. And we declare over your life that the fear of the Lord, clear thinking, a right mind is restored to your life right now. Let victory and strength mark your words. Let victory and strength mark your thoughts. Let victory and strength mark your life from this day on. Come on, all across the room, one more time with your hands lifted, say, I declare Jesus Christ is the Lord of my whole life, of the way I think, of the way I live, of the way I speak.
of the way I give, of the way I walk, I declare I belong to Jesus. Jesus is living in me. And the very same grace that was on Jesus is on my life. Come and lift your hands. Because right now, you're entering into a new life, a different place, a time, a season of freedom in your life. Come on, just receive. Father, in Jesus' name, we declare your faithfulness, your strength, and your grace, and your glory on your people. Let this journey that they're on be a journey of conquests and of victory. We declare their steps are strong and true and mighty, and that your hands upon them as of this moment on, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Can you give the Lord a great shout, everybody?